Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey, Is. Hi, Em. I know this is so unlike me to say this because, you know, I live and die for Summer House, but I think we got to do this Jersey reunion as our first segment. I am just speechless, actually. And I know that's not a good way to start off a podcast, but (laughs) I am legitimately just in awe. Is it just me or Teresa not inviting Dolores to the engagement party, even if it's the couple thing? Did that knock the wind out of you? It just really flipped everything I thought I knew upside down. Because all these years, all we've seen is that they are so far and above the show. And I really mostly felt that from Dolores' end, just because I think she talks about it and is more emotional in that way. So that could be it. But either way, we felt like, no, we get each other. Dolores gets where I'm from and we are family. And we've been through so many years of shit together. And no matter what, like, of course she would be at my engagement party. So to hear that she wasn't invited, honestly, it was a real wake up call to see where Teresa's mind is at and that she's just like, she's just not the same. I'm sorry. She's not thinking clearly. And, you know, you see just in the, even this one hour of the reunion, Dolores, it's not a battle that she is going to take on. I mean, unless I'm proven wrong and it eventually is, but I just always go back to what she said of they have a commitment, you know, off the show that they grew up together and they will never go there. So even if Dolores was hurt, one, it's not really in her style to express that. But second of all, I don't think she would do anything to like, quote, make Teresa look bad. And I'm really honestly kind of just, I I feel like I don't have my footing right now because I also wasn't expecting Jennifer and Dolores to go at it in this way. No, their friendship is clearly very over. But just going back to Dolores and Teresa, I honestly just admire Dolores' commitment to the history and the friendship because I feel like her not wanting to go there is, like you kind of said, a direct representation of like her being so invested in the past that they've had and saying, I will take the high road and not even go in on Teresa or not even make it like it's a big deal and let this one slide, even though it's not something most people would let slide because I don't want it to be this whole explosive blow up on the show, getting into the nitty gritty of where our relationship stands now, which I think most people would not be able to do. No, most people wouldn't be able to do it. And I, I understand what you're saying of like you admire her for it. And I think that I do too. I do think though, a lot of people would view it as a negative because it's almost like she, in a lot of ways, and I love Dolores. She's like probably my top two favorite. She's kind of enabling Teresa. That's the problem. Anyone who goes up against Teresa has an issue. And Dolores sees that if she goes up against Teresa, that is basically making the decision to end their friendship. And I just think she's not willing to end it over not being invited to this engagement party and doesn't want to be the one to like ruffle all the feathers. And that's why Teresa gets away with this bullshit. It it just, the whole thing was absolutely insane. And like you said, it just proved that Teresa is not thinking clearly and is very caught up in this sort of new life and is willing to throw away pieces of the old life that she could easily bring with her. And I just, I don't like that. I don't like it. It's very concerning. I mean, I always say that every time I watch this show and then I go on the internet, I feel like I'm the crazy one because 
I think maybe it's that the Teresa stands just scream a little bit louder. I don't know what it is. Like everyone has their opinion and that's totally fine. But I really think even if you fundamentally despise Melissa, I don't see how you watch this reunion and don't even say, okay, something is seriously off with Teresa here. Like almost to the point where, yes, it's great TV, don't get me wrong, but the level of hypocrisy is so severe that it's, I I feel it's starting to become slightly unbearable because- The one thing about a reunion, like the one positive thing amidst all of the chaos is that you do think that because they're getting into the nitty gritty, they literally have a built-in mediator in the form of Andy Cohen who has reels and reels of footage to pull up. Like you think they're going to get to a solution. So no matter what it takes to get there, you think, okay, maybe we're going to walk away from here and it's going to be a little bit better. And with Jersey, it just seems to be so not solution oriented because she is completely shut down from any sort of resolve. Teresa just has an answer for everything, which is so infuriating sometimes because, like you said, it's number one, first and foremost, everything is hypocrisy. To know that at her engagement party, she sat all her, quote, family, aka Louie's family and her kids at one table and put Joe and Melissa and their kids at a friend table like, do I think it's the worst thing in the world? No. Do I see as her only sibling, why Joe would be upset about that a thousand percent. And then I also think if the tables were turned, Teresa would never let that slide. And it's like, then in the next breath, Teresa is saying, you know, you're my only family and I want to make things right. I want us to be on a good page. And it's like, okay, but you just got over explaining your reasoning for putting them at an isolated table away from you and therefore drawing the line in the sand that like they're not the important family because you're not going on double dates and you're not talking every day. Like I got Melissa's point in going deep on like the history that they have together and these huge life moments with her parents and family and everything because you can't just erase that. It doesn't matter if like in the last couple of months you haven't been as close. Like we're not talking about the last couple of months. We're talking about your life here. Okay. So many points here. I don't even necessarily know the best place to start, but I want to make one point. It's not the most important, but it's in response to what you just said and you reminded me. So thank you. Don't get me wrong. I understood very much where Melissa was coming from. And in this whole fight, I am definitely more on her side. However, I know what she was trying to do by outlining the things she did for Teresa's mom. But to me, I thought it was almost like a weird flex. I I felt what she was doing was stooping to Teresa's level in a way of like outlining these things that she should have done. I don't, you don't need praise for that. I like, you know what I mean? Like your, your sister-in-law is in jail. Her mother is sick. Yes. This is your husband's mother. Of course you should be doing all of these things for her. So I know what she was trying to say, but it like, I don't know. It didn't land for me, but I feel like we're we're not on the same page about that. Yeah, because I was able to feel like she wasn't trying to say like, I went out of my way to do all these things. I think it was sort of like the reminder Teresa needed, like, hello, do you not remember these huge things that we have been through together in our darkest moments of your life and my life probably? And I think it was more just trying to remind Teresa Like, hello, this is not about your like little social dinners out that have been going on for the last couple of years. This is about, we have been through some of the most important, dark and happy times in your life and your brother's life together. And those are like core memories, good or bad, that I have been there with you for. Not because I feel like it's such a flex that I was there, like I shouldn't have been there, was an honor for my presence, but that we experienced them together. And if that doesn't put me in an important marker in your life and an important place in your sort of hierarchy of when you're ranking people, then I don't know what to tell you. And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like that history and those things bond you with someone for life, even if you're not talking on the phone every day. And it's like, that's what family is. No, she's not wrong in what she was saying. I totally understood the point that she was trying to make, and I don't think that it was coming from a malicious place. 
for some reason, it just didn't land with me. I just think she was stooping at Teresa's level. And I understand what you're saying. She was trying to create this like very real bond of something that was so personal and intimate and familial. Maybe I'm alone in that. I don't think you're alone in that. It was just like classless to me. But okay. <laughs> and this is like so not the point. I actually thought that I was going to fall off my fucking chair when Teresa started with the fact that Joe and Melissa should not have had their wedding because Teresa was pregnant. I think Andy literally saw like his life flash before his eyes. I told you that this was one of the first times my dad has ever watched a reunion <laughs> with me and he was sitting next to me. And when she said that, he turns to me and goes, what is she out of a fucking mind? <laughs> Like, even he understood the absurdity of that statement. I think I just, like, POV, you're Andy. (laughs) And you look Teresa dead in the eyes and you're like, you think she should have planned their wedding and you being a bridesmaid around when you were going to be pregnant? Like, sorry I didn't call you up nine months before when Joe and I are about to have sex. And it's like, oh, you got to move the day. I mean, the things that she holds on to in her mind are literally insane it's like here we are all these years later (laughs) you're still holding a grudge because you had to wear a bridesmaid's dress when you were nine months pregnant it's really unlike anything i have ever seen before but i'm so glad when she makes those comments because it is the clearest window into her mind it almost makes me feel like see anything else was just an act because this is really how she feels these are really the rules that she subscribes to and i guess you know a lot of people were commenting on the fact that melissa and again we're only in part 1 but was relatively calm you know she was, seemed pretty unfazed and i think it's because she She sees that there's nothing she can say. There's nothing she can do. You know, like, this is the logic you were trying to reason with. It's never going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when Teresa says shit like that, I think Melissa's just like, I rest my case. Like, she's happy that Teresa makes comments like that because, you know, occasionally here and there, she's making good points. She's throwing things out. She's showing how she's right. And then she makes a comment like that. And it's like, okay, this is what we're working with. No, I mean, she digs her hole. Wait, by the way, there's literally so many things here. This is probably the most unorganized jersey section. (laughs) Whatever. I don't even give a shit. My head is just spinning from this. It was an unorganized reunion. It was. I mean, I'm even looking at this outline. There's so much. But before getting into Joe Gorga, which I obviously want to do, let's also just acknowledge the fact that I don't think anyone has ever hated anyone as much as Teresa hates Margaret. And I would have thought that it was impossible for her to hate someone more than Jackie. But Jesus, it was like, I felt like we were on a Watch What Happens episode where Andy's like, okay, anytime you hear this word and the word is Margaret coming from (laughs) Teresa. Like if that was the word, we would have been fucking blacked out because no matter what it was, like who was it when the lights went out there? Like, oh, Margaret. Like that is truly how I felt. (laughs) It's like, word of the night is Margaret. Every time you hear her name, lose your shit. Quite literally. It was... It was almost impressive. If I was Margaret, I almost would have been like, I cannot believe that just my sheer presence is so bothersome to you. It's really unbelievable. Well, remember last week when there was that one moment when they were sitting in Nashville at high top and Teresa basically said to her, you know, I finally had my fairy tale and then this shit had to happen. And it was like that rare moment of vulnerability before she came back down and then swung in at Margaret. Like she showed her, to me, it's like you showed your cards last week and I now forever know that you know Margaret didn't really do anything. She is entirely your scapegoat and you've committed to that role too much to ever backtrack on it. It's like Margaret is the physical representation of everything that Teresa has gone through, like with Louie and the press and all the shit talking. And she just sees it in Margaret when she looks at her, even though, like, in my humble opinion, Margaret really was maybe only like 1% of aggravating all of that. Teresa just had to put like a name and a face to it. So when she sees her, it's like, fuck you, Margaret. Like you brought this all upon me when it's like, no, Louie's actions and you being a public figure, therefore causing interest and therefore causing money or fame or just click interest has brought all these stories out to the public. Like there's so many factors that go into it here, but I think it's just easier for her to blame everything on Margaret and make that sort of the way that she deals with the problems. Yes, exactly. She's the physical representation. And 
It's just so bold of Teresa to genuinely look us all in the eyes and say, you know, he didn't sign up for this. Like, are you actively trying to gaslight us? Because this motherfucker has been on every single episode. Like they said, he is so thrilled to show that stone. He's so thrilled to talk about the 15,000 square foot house, which by the way, when we looked it up last week, it was like, I think half that. Not that that's not very large as well. But like, if you're going to be such a dick about throwing out the numbers, at least be accurate about it, you know? (laughs) I just think what is so unbelievable about the way that Teresa operates is that she says these things as if she's not on a reality show where we can't see the actual reality. Like, it's so much simpler for someone to make up all of these lies if your entire life isn't being filmed. But we see what's happening here. I know. I feel like it's such a hard situation because like, you can't help who you fall in love with. And You also can't ever really be out of the spotlight if your partner is in it. Like, even if he said, I don't want to be on camera, I don't want to show my kid or our house or anything, like, even if he went to that, people are so invested and interested in Teresa that these stories would come out anyway. And of course, it's not her quote, fault for being famous. Like she chose that life, but it maybe if she could turn it off now, she would. I don't think she would. But like, let's say in theory, you just can't, like you literally can't. So to also have resentment of like, I want to be famous. I want to sell my cookbooks. I want to go to BravoCon. I want to be on Watch Happens Live. But also it is like ruining my life. And I wish nobody would research who I'm going to marry after going through one of the most public like divorces and even marriages. Like it just, you can't have your cake and eat it too. No, in this particular scenario, you can't. And I am all for respecting people's privacy, but you brought him on the show. You made him a very legitimate part of this entire season. I mean, there was not an episode she didn't talk about the fucking love bubble. Yeah. It's, it's it's unbelievable the way that she is able to consistently victimize herself. And by the way, talk about a hypocrite. Here I am saying all of this stuff being fired up from the reunion. And still, if you looked at me right now and you said to me, right now, yes or no, should Teresa be fired? I don't even know if I could say yes. And I know people would be like, are you, are you crazy? Like, it's clearly what needs to happen. I still don't know if I could confidently say yes. I I don't think I would say yes either. Again, we say this week after week. My opinion keeps changing as I see more things go on. I don't think Teresa and Melissa can sustainably stay on the show together. I saw murmurs online that Jackie was being demoted to a friend of, which I'm not mad about. I don't think a friend of is actually that bad of a thing. I mean, hello, look at Marlo Hampton. Like She was the star of many seasons and only got her peach this year. I just don't think them being together is sustainable. And I think we need more people on this cast that Teresa actually cares about because they're dwindling. Like here we are, you look at the the left couch, Teresa didn't even invite Dolores to her engagement party. No, I know. I'm actually glad that you mentioned the couch thing because what we were saying before about Margaret being the physical representation, I think that's all legitimate. But I also think Teresa if we want to give her the benefit of the doubt that she's thinking almost strategically, like if she wants an ally in all of this, there's no better person to make your target than the person that just revealed this 10 year secret about Jennifer, you know, like Jennifer already fucking hates Margaret. So she knows that Jennifer will be her backup in any single fight with Margaret, maybe a little bit more easily than she would be with someone else. Teresa is kind of smart in that way, but then when it gets to like the arguments, her points start to become invalid. I know, but think about it. She's gotten away with it for so long. Like we, we have created, we as the fan base, I feel almost have created this monster. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not trying to get rid of the monster. I fucking love to watch her. Like what would we be talking about at this reunion if we didn't have Teresa's delusion? It's just the honest truth. Like she's a fucking amazing housewife. It's just hard because she always had such a place in the cast. Well, actually, that's not true. I think it was season two or three, whatever that reunion was where she wore the green dress. Mm-hmm. It was like the shit on Teresa's show. Like everybody in the whole room hated her and she was able to bounce back. And I don't feel like that's what's happening now, but I do feel like we're in the age of Housewives where you really need to feel like you have a place and there needs to be cohesion within the group. Right, absolutely. And we are really lacking cohesion, which by the way, we are jumping. We are fucking jumping. Jump, like, baby, jump. There is, yeah, this is like, oh, holy shit. Okay. 
The thing that I would like to ask you, because I was going to go into Joe Gorga, but I want to hold on that for a second. In the words of Shannon Bedore, I'm going to put a pin in that. (laughs) But just to jump back to the Jennifer Dolores thing for a second, because even Andy is like, what happened to you guys since filming? I mean, this is wild. It's like kind of a 180. And Dolores says, I've been calling her. She doesn't call me back. She's not saying great things about me on podcasts. And you see, I mean, Jen is gunning for her. To be honest with you, that wasn't something that I expected to go down because... I think the num- the number one most important thing to Jen is the friendship with Teresa. Like I think she holds on to that deeply. And I-, I don't know how you are supposed to maintain the this really sustainable relationship with Teresa. Clearly you can because it shows that her loyalty isn't as much as we thought it was. But while you're like an enemy with Dolores, it just feels improbable. It's really hard because I also was not not expecting this. Like I didn't think it would happen in such a way, but I never saw Jen and Dolores being a sustainable friendship. Like they're so fundamentally different in so many ways that it was hard. But like Jen is really literally and physically caught between Teresa and Dolores at this point. And now like, of course her allegiance is going to go with Teresa. So that sort of leaves Dolores on the outs and the outs is not a place Dolores is used to being with anybody. I don't think I think Dolores is usually in a place where everybody wants to be her friend, wants to keep her friendship and wants to earn her friendship because it's not given out so easily. No, I know. And I mean, again, sometimes I go on Twitter and I feel like I'm crazy because a lot of people don't see it this way. But to me, I'm like, this is the ship you're going to go down with. Like I would, I would so much rather be anchored to Dolores any day of the week than Jennifer and Teresa. You know, like to me, that is just not, that's not the, the horse to bet on. I know. I know. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Joe Gorga. Let's get into Joe Gorga. Good old <laughs> Joey boy. Yeah. Like like I said last time, sue me. Fucking love the guy. I know he has his issues. I think he's great TV. I think Andy would make him a full-time housewife if he could. I know. And by the way, I think that he'd accept it. <laughs> I thought it was really low of Teresa to call him out for his involvement because not that she doesn't have a point. She absolutely does. But also like part of his involvement is because of you. I mean, she she actively brings him in. He is the source of so many arguments for her. And it was almost like a low blow for something that she knows is a very integral part of the franchise. Right. And also like they signed up for this knowing that his wife is a housewife, but like the tension between the two women really stems from the tension between the siblings. Like it's been this way for years. I don't know. It felt like a reach, but also I thought it was a good point that I don't know who made it Andy or maybe other, other women that like Joe Giudice was out there every freaking year saying, you know, defending his wife the best to his ability and not necessarily getting involved in this way, but he wasn't involved. People weren't talking about him until they were talking about his personal shit. And at that point, there's not really that much to say. So like, I don't know. I just felt like, okay, like all these years later, now this is going to become the issue. Like we crossed that bridge a long time ago. I thought one of the most fucked up moments of the entire reunion was in the midst of that argument when Teresa went as low as to defend Joe Judice in terms of saying that the way that he handled the drama was actually exemplary. And that was her argument. Like, that was her point. Yeah, well, you never saw Joe do this. I mean... <laughs> like, Joe is the model husband. Like, right, like, one, as if Joe is the model husband. But second of all, I, I just think, you know... There's a lot of things that if you wanted to say, if it was for the sake of her children, you know, if she was trying to make a point about Joe, I don't, you know, expect her to constantly disparage him. I get it. That is the father of her children. Like, even if her brother has a complicated relationship with him, I understand it. But for her to go against Joe Gorga in that way and to endorse calling him a little bitch and then say, Joe Judice never acted like that. Yeah. Joe Judice also puts you in prison. Like, <laughs> Are you like want to go down the list of all the things that Joe Judice did? I mean, that if I was Joe Gorga, I would have been forget about piss. I would have been so hurt by that. I know, I know. It's just really hard. I feel like this whole first part of this reunion was a lot on Teresa because yes, she was the main storyline of the season, which I feel like she is every season, which loops us back to like why she is the glue and the queen of Jersey that it's almost impossible to imagine living without. But 
we really covered a lot of ground here with her relationship, her friendships, her family relationships with Melissa and Joe. Like it was hard on Teresa and she was like, she was just throwing daggers left and right. Like she did not come to fuck around today. No, she didn't. I don't think she cares. I mean, did you see there was a clip of Melissa? I think it was on the Wendy Williams show where she said, you know, listen, I don't think that the show is making Teresa happy anymore. She doesn't want to do the group activities. You saw she didn't want to go on the trip. She didn't want to do the ropes course. Like, I think if it's not bringing her happiness, maybe she should end it. And obviously people had very strong reactions to that because like, it's impossible to see Melissa say that and not think that they're, of course, you know, like self-motivated interest there because realistically I think she'd love to not have Teresa on the show. But I did think that it was like an interesting commentary of like Melissa publicly basically saying, I think that maybe it's her time. Like that's bold. I know. It's just like, I think we need to get Teresa to care again. Like I'm starting campaign, make Teresa care again. again. (laughs) I know. (laughs) No, I mean, I think that Really what it is is that if you look at that entire cast, I think the only person she really respects is Dolores, honestly. Yes, she may respect her, but she doesn't care about her. Like, she's not trying to maintain their friendship at all, clearly. She's not trying to hang out with her. She's not caring, like, what she's doing or if she's inviting her or not. Like, that ship has sailed. And, you know, also people do get to a point in their life where like their partner and their family is way more important than their friends. Of course, I feel like all of these women are somewhat in that area, but like Teresa is really in that right now where it's like the only priority she has is Louie and Louie's family and Louie's friends. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that becomes a show about a cast of women then, because there was clearly a long time in her life where like this social life of hers was priority and making sure that she was showing up and that the show was good. Like, I almost feel like maybe she's too comfortable and also maybe her life just isn't in that place anymore. So like the combination of the two is perhaps lethal. Oh, she's used the word lethal. Yeah. I mean, I think what I struggle with regarding this particular topic is I don't think there's anything wrong with obviously having a lot of devotion to your family or your partner's family. I get it, especially if you're in that phase. But to abandon your friendships, specifically your female friendships, that's dark to me. You know, because I know they say it's like, okay, your family is forever, but she's not even married to this guy yet. You know, I hope for her sake that they stay together, but this shit could be fleeting. And it's like, you better hope you're not going to turn around and and need these people because they're not going to be there for you. Like you can't repeatedly either one, treat people terribly or just kind of be relatively dismissive. Like I wouldn't say she's treating Dolores terribly, but I wouldn't say she's being the best friend and then expect that they're always going to be there. It's just like, it's sad really. I know it is really sad. Like I know we bashed Teresa this whole time, but I also do feel really bad for her because I feel like she's in a really hard place in her life. Like in general, show aside, figuring out her priorities and like building this whole new life. She's lived a thousand lives in her life already. So we've got to live with them on the show. And it's like, okay, well, where now does the show fit on, on this new life? You know, like I, we went through this when her and Joe were together. We went through this when she was back from jail like there's a million phases we've been through but like eventually there's one that the show won't be able to survive and I just don't know if it's this one or not I know I know I don't know either I also have to say and again I always feel conflicted because when I look online it seems like people just fucking love Jennifer and it's not even that I really dislike her but I thought that specifically in the argument that Joe and Melissa are having with Teresa specifically really Joe and Teresa it's like that is just not a spot that you need to involve yourself in, you know? And I I don't know how, I think this is the issue. Like Teresa will never say to Jennifer kind of like, butt out, this is between me and my brother because she knows Jennifer is her number one defender. And that's another thing. If I was Joe Gorga, that would like just really hurt me. Like, you know, the, the specifically the things that Jennifer has said about Joe, could you imagine if the roles were reversed? Again, always has an answer for why it's okay and why it was okay. And it's like, it, sometimes not fucking okay. Yeah, not fucking okay. I loved how uh, Andy, within like the first minute, asked Dolores about her new boyfriend. Oh my God. It doesn't feel real. 
Like, I'm not saying it doesn't feel like the relationship is real. I'm saying, like, I have not processed yet that she is, A, no longer dating David. Like, I'm still mourning their breakup. So, like, to have a new man in her life that she's apparently saying, I love you to, I'm like, oh, my God, Dolores. Like, let, let me breathe for a minute. I know. And then in the preview, when we see that Frank, you know, kind of mentions the fact that they don't get along great. And then you see Dolores actually get upset with Frank, which is very rare in the sense of like, they don't betray each other's trust ever. So clearly he didn't think it was going to be as big of a deal as it was, but that'll be interesting to see, you know, how that plays out. Yeah, it really will. Because we haven't seen, besides for their own issues, like nothing outside of them ever usually comes between them. They're usually really on the same page because they know each other so well. So I don't know. I want them to all be happy. I know. You and me both. I, I Those think that, little Catanias. I know. I think also that Margaret handled herself really well here, given the fact that she was just, you know, the, the point of Teresa's fury. I thought she was relatively calm, cool, and collected given the circumstances. Well, I think it's the Melissa effect of like, let her make a fool of herself. And the calmer I stay, the contrast looks better on my part. Yeah, which it, it did. It totally did. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I'm telling you, there are just some people, which is fine, that are like, how could you think Melissa, Jackie, and Margaret are defensible? And to me, I'm like, I find them to be so clearly the more level-headed ones. But that's why, that's why, what, what's, the, what's the expression my dad always says? Howard Johnson has however many flavors of ice cream? Um, Baskin Robbins. No, it's Howard Johnson back in the day. Oh, that's no, how the world the world spins around, you know. Yeah, it's how, yeah, exactly. How the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Should we keep going? <laughs> I was gonna say, you want to just keep throwing out random expressions <laughs> our parents say. Oh, six of one, half dozen the other. All right, now we're just now we're just <laughs> going through every idiom we've ever heard. Okay, well, you guys, we will go to Summer House, then Atlanta. Then OC and uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just exhausted from that reunion. But thank God we're in it together, huh? Thank God. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. 
This was honestly the Carl and Lindsay moment that we have been waiting for. Yes, a thousand percent. But honestly, I could have used a little more. I could, I could have used it all. Like I wish that she crawled in his bed that night and we got like a full night vision makeout moment. When she crawled into his bed, I texted you because I knew you had watched. I knew you had watched it before me. I was like, "Holy fuck! Holy fuck! You got to tell me! You got to tell me!" I thought, <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I think my hopes were just through the roof. I really thought we were gonna get more. Emma was like texting me as though it was the end of a really crazy movie. And she's like, I can't wait the commercial break. You have to tell me what happens. I'm like, okay, just wait 30 seconds. And also I don't want you to be disappointed, but we know what happens in real life. So it makes it that much sweeter. It's not like we're hanging on by the edge of our seat to figure out what happens. Like, you know what happens. I know, but I was on the edge of my seat because when she, okay, here's the thing. Let's say we knew nothing, right? We have no idea that they're dating now. Even just the way they were acting before she got into his bed, just when they were on the couch together, it was a little bit more touchy. There was a palpable shift in the energy. So you would have thought something was going on. And then knowing, I mean, wow, was that fun. And then seeing their conversation at Amanda and Kyle's wedding when it's a few weeks later, you hear like they've been hanging out a lot in between and those feelings that we now know developed on prom night and almost looking at each other in a different way were continued. Well, hold on. I want to get into that conversation in a second, but I want to also focus on a moment that I thought was telling when they're at prom and her and Paige are kind of having a joking conversation. And she says, yeah, I think it's going to come down to two. And she asks Paige to guess. And Paige says, Carl. And then Lindsay says, Austin. But for Paige to even say Carl, even if it was in joking fashion, I think is very telling. Right. Like you two could just always end up together. That was never out of the question. Right, exactly. But okay, the conversation at Amanda and Kyle's wedding, I think the thing I appreciate the most about Lindsay is that she's not afraid to be transparent with her feelings towards men. You know, she doesn't operate from the belief of like, well, what if I'm going to be too much or am I going to scare them off? And I know maybe at times that has potentially gone to her disadvantage, but I think in general, I champion her for that. And maybe this wouldn't have happened if she wasn't willing to, you know, be so open and be so vulnerable with him. Right. Like what if they don't like me back either? Like she doesn't care. You know, she'd rather get her feelings out there and put it on the table than worry about any of that. And I think that's like an amazing confidence and something everybody could take away from her. But just overall, like her communication style is what made it possible for them to cross the bridge from friend to more than that, because she was not afraid to say, Like, I have butterflies in my stomach all of a sudden. What is going on? Like, let's talk this out. Like we talked about last week, it's a hard line to go from like best friends confiding in each other, brotherly, sisterly relationship to where they are now. And without her style of communication, I don't think it ever could have happened. That's what I'm saying. You need someone who's willing to be straight up. And to be honest with you, I'm not saying it would have never happened, but I don't know how long it would have taken Carl to say that. Not to acknowledge that he was having those feelings, but to really feel comfortable to say it to her. Because I I sometimes feel like guys hold back a little, you know? And so once he got the okay, it made him feel safe to like feel his feelings and let them be known to her. Right. And also knowing that she was willing to wait it out till he got to his one year of sobriety because that was the right decision for him and that they could sort of just figure it out as a team. I think all of it was just so comforting to both of them. And I'm just like, I'm so happy and obsessed with this. And I'm really excited to see them at the reunion interacting in this way. And also now having that extra line of defense where like they always defended each other. They're best friends and they really love and respected each other. But now it's like, oh, that's my girl. That's my man. Well, you saw that in the preview a little bit, I guess, something with Paige and Lindsay when Paige turns to Carl and is like, okay, you're just going to keep defending her the whole time, which is, you know, a kind of a strange dynamic when you're all in this house as friends and then two people start dating. And of course, their loyalty is going to be to one another. Not that it wouldn't have been regardless because Carl and Lindsay were always the closest. I didn't realize this, but when Andy made the comment of, you know, why do you think the other castmates don't like your photos on Instagram? Which obviously seems so trivial, but I wonder if that's going to be the jumping off point for a conversation where like maybe the rest of the house isn't as thrilled. I don't, I don't know. I know. Wouldn't that be so crazy? 
I can't wait for this reunion, but I do wish that we had some more filming in between the final episode and then the reunion. Because really what we want to see from Carl and Lindsay is like, what happens when you left Amanda and Kyle's wedding and you went back to the city and those few weeks when you were hanging out in your apartments and it was that same intimacy, but maybe some romance started. I mean, that is the shit when I tell you, like, that's the number one thing I want to see. I feel like we'll get some answers. I'm confident in that. We will get answers. I'm just saying I want footage. (laughs) I want to touch on what you just said about the sobriety thing for a second, because I think that is such a good example of why this relationship has been able to work. And by no means do I mean that Lindsay is putting herself second. That's not how I feel in the slightest. But she wants Carl to win for himself. She doesn't only want him to win in the context of them winning. And so she gets it. Like, let you do your thing. If this is what you need to succeed, I care about you succeeding more than I care about us being together. And I think having that knowledge and having that friendship and like really caring for him in that way is what was able to propel this relationship forward because also Carl then didn't have to feel like he was spreading himself too thin. You know, think about it even with Mackenzie. I know there was some shit, you know, he didn't really like her as much as he maybe should have, but also he felt like he couldn't balance caring for himself and then also being in a relationship. But when the person you're entering in a relationship with has been with you on this journey and wants you to hit that point for yourself, I mean, that is best case scenario for someone in the situation he's in. Yeah, no, that's why all the stars really aligned and I'm so happy they did. We do sick shit though for footage of post Kyle's wedding to reunion. We needed one more week, you know? I know, I know. We needed like a post-wedding, pre-reunion catch-up. Yes, exactly. Okay, moving on to the actual wedding. (laughs) When Amanda and Kyle both get COVID the week before their wedding, I actually, like, I wanted to cry for them. Because the shit that they've dealt with, I mean, some of it their fault, some just everyone else's fault, that they've dealt with to plan this wedding and then they left everything for the two weeks before and then got COVID. Like, oh my God, when you see Kyle recording himself just hysterical, it was rock bottom for sure. Oh, absolutely. And obviously I've never been married myself, but when Amanda is saying like, I have so much to do and I can't even leave the apartment, I felt that vicarious anxiety or frustration because think about even for an event, like not your wedding, just any event that you have, there's so many last minute things that you're running around to do and not everything can be delivered. Sometimes you actually have to go out. You actually have to try something on. You you know, have to sample shit. I mean, there's so much. And for them to literally be trapped, I mean, that's the shit that makes people go crazy. No, I thought that they were both just going to combust. I got it. I felt like I was going to combust just from watching it. Me too. I was having like secondhand anxiety and claustrophobia, just like, oh my God. When I saw Austin on my screen at the wedding, and yes, I did think he looked very handsome. I was like, I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to get out of the frame right now. This is causing me stress. Yes, but nothing better than him coming over to Lindsay and Carl and Lindsay being like, okay, bye. Like we need a minute. I know. It was so clear in that moment where her priorities really are. I know. And thank God, honestly. Yeah, thank God. And Sierra being like, I wanted to wear a dress that was like, yep, you fucked up. (laughs) There's a moment in the reunion trailer when Maya is like, I don't understand. Like, why are you guys all fighting over this guy? (laughs) And it's like, it's so funny because it's what we've been saying every week of like, this is all going down for Kroll, the warrior king. And that is just it becoming real in that moment. I'm so happy for Alex's sake that the moment from the reunion trailer when he's like, I don't get why you guys are fighting over the Honda Civic of male attractiveness. That <laughs> moment's going so viral because it's like, you know what? You needed a moment of virality. Like, for, I think that that was probably great for his self-confidence that Andy Cohen thought that was funny. Right. You know, I got to say, I know that throughout this season, we have been very concerned at times, and not just us. I think a lot of people, even them, about the state of Amanda and Kyle's relationship because it just did not seem sustainable. And I think that those concerns are still valid. But let me tell you something. I was weeping during this wedding. I got to tell you, and in all honesty, I've been prepping both us and everybody listening for this moment as we've recorded through the whole season that yeah, we hate when Kyle behaves this way. And yeah, we think that their relationship is super rocky. But I knew that the second we saw them walking down the aisle and reading their vows to each other, all of that would go literally down the drain. And I would be so like pro 
Amanda and Kyle and stand their relationship. And they are the end all be all of what love looks like. And that is how I felt because I am just a, a hopeless romantic. And this was so great and so beautiful. And then to see all the old clips of them and like when they first met and how we got here and their vows to each other and how happy they were. I, I was a sucker. I'm going to admit it. I'm sorry. I'm a sucker. And I loved every second of it. And then Carl marrying them. No, forget it. That's what I'm saying. I'm a sucker. I'm not saying this is a match made in heaven. I'm not saying that it's going to be the smoothest ride. I do think there's a deep love that exists, which I know isn't the end all be all, but it just felt really good in that moment to abandon everything that we knew and just like sit in their love story. It was just fun. You know, I was just really, really happy for them. And obviously seeing their parents, I mean. Oh, forget it. When she says to her dad, like, what happens if I pass out? And he's like, I'll catch you. I'm like, oh my God, just fucking shoot me. I know. And also because I do feel like we took on their anxiety planning this wedding and is it going to happen or won't it happen? And to see it all just come to life and so beautifully, I just felt their collective like relief and happiness. And I do believe them when they say those last two weeks where they really did the impossible and had to be stuck together sick while also making sure that their wedding was going to happen, I believe really brought them together and probably in a really sick, twisted way was a great bonding experience before they walked down the aisle. In the moment the moment in the reception when he starts to give a speech and then she takes the mic and she's like, I think what Kyle's trying to say was such a perfect metaphor to just their relationship as a whole. <laughs> Yes, 100%. You know, it just felt fitting. I mean, I cannot fucking wait for this reunion, obviously. Obviously, same. And also, I feel like a lot has gone down in between. I mean, they filmed Winter House between the end of the summer and when they filmed this reunion. So that really contributes to the dynamics. Paige and Lindsay, <laughs> it really it really seemed from this reunion like Paige and Lindsay kind of hate each other. Or maybe Paige hates Lindsay. I don't know. We'll have to see. I know. We will have to see. It was awkward already. I could tell. You know what we always say, and I bet you we will come on here next week and say this after watching it? What? That nobody has more fun than Andy Cohen at a summer house or Southern Charm reunion. Like oh he, my God. Right? He just picks up on their youthfulness and and he just feels like he can have fun with them in a way that he can't with any other show. And it is so fun to watch. It is a completely different Andy than we see with Housewives, and I love it so much. And I think he feels like he could be a little more playful. He could go a little bit harder, and it's the best thing ever. I'm obsessed with it. I know. It's just incredible. I cannot wait. Loved the season. Loved every second. Summer House stand till I die. And if you're not watching, I'm, I'm telling you, you're, you're wronging yourself. Yep. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. 
Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. I cannot recall a time in recent memory that I have felt the thrill that I felt when I saw Sheree Whitfield walk into the room and she was back on my screen again. Sheree walking into that dance studio did something for me. It did, right? No, it really did. Honestly, that and Marlo and her confessional being like, I am Marlo motherfucking Hampton. The producer is like, they know you. (laughs) Right. Like, don't pretend that we don't know you. You have been one of the most iconic housewives on Atlanta for seasons. And this is so long overdue. And she is killing it and thriving. Like, I'm so obsessed with this season already. I just think the women of Atlanta continue to have the most organic and funny energy together as a group, and they don't need to try so hard. And it's just so effortless that they're interesting that it is really a breath of fresh air in the best way. Like, I just watch, sit back, relax. It doesn't feel like anyone studied for the role. It's just like, here we are. We're going to be funny. We're going to have drama. Our lives are interesting. And you all get to soak it in with us. The ease with which they interact with one another, I think, is probably incomparable to any other franchise. Like there's just this natural contagious energy that is so fun as the viewer to watch. Nothing feels forced. Nothing feels overly staged. And I honestly think for Orange County to be ending right now as Atlanta is starting, it just makes perfect sense because this is just the kind of chemistry that can't really be duplicated in in Newport Beach. No, absolutely not. The Truly, the only downside I can think of right now is that seeing Ralph on my screen again is bringing back a pit that has not been there for months. No, I really want to talk about this because it's getting me heated. And I think where it's coming from is I really like Drew. I think she's fun. I, I enjoy watching her. I think she's a smart woman. But what the fuck are you doing? Like, How many times can he so clearly disrespect you for you to just... Either just say, you know what, I'm okay with this, or stop trying to pretend. There was zero foreplay, is how I felt. Like, we are, like, five minutes into the episode, and it's already like, oh, Ralph is basically cheating on me, has this assistant, here are the texts, he's willing to talk about it, the other women are willing to talk about it with him. Like, we did not even take one breath, and here we are. So imagine how the rest of the season is going to go. Like, that's how bad it is that we couldn't even have an episode where we kind of slip back into it with all of them. No, immediately, boom, Ralph being a fucking dick, and they mention that they're still recovering from the whole Tampa incident. I'm still recovering from the Tampa incident. I get it. It's not like what is going on here is speculation. It's like so clearly he's behaving in a way that as a partner, as somebody who is married with a child, you just do not behave like this. And I think what's so frustrating for us is that she's showing both frustration, but at the same time, she's just repeatedly giving him a pass. And it's like, if you're okay with it, just say you're okay with it. You'll get some judgment, but at least be straight up with that. Versus like, what are we fighting about here? Because he's clearly guilty of everything you're accusing him of. I know. And I feel like she has an overall lighthearted energy to her, which then translates into this situation with her husband. It's like, this is not lighthearted. Like you're angry about it and that's okay. I loved though that Candy and Sonia and Drew were able to like sit around the kitchen island and talk about it with Ralph. Like that felt like such a unique situation that we would never be in with anybody else in or any other franchise. Well, I was literally thinking, imagine if this was Dr. Jen and Ryan. Could you imagine <laughs> everyone else sitting? Like imagine if it was Heather, you know, Emily and Gina sitting around the table. There's no way. No. This is this is only Atlanta where that magic could happen. And by the way, Ralph knows, like, that's the thing. He knows you're looking at Candy Burris. You think you were going to pull the wool over her eyes? There's just no way. No, there's no freaking way. And also Candy is not afraid to be like, Ralph, you're fucking lying, basically. And not just sit there and nod along like, okay, you guys figured this out. No, they are giving their opinion. Oh, they're absolutely giving their opinion. And as they should, to me, it doesn't feel like they're being nosy. Drew is inviting them into this dialogue in her home. They're sitting at her kitchen island and she is expressing frustration with her husband. What do you think they're going to do? Hold back? 
Right. No, never. I want to talk about Kenya. Okay. I want to talk about Kenya too. Something I loved was Sheree saying that she feels Kenya is such a new person because when we last saw them, they were not getting along. So now to see them in this new, fresh way where they both have been through things and have sort of changed as people and let the dust settle. Oh my God, the dynamic duo that they could be, I can't even think about it. I was really feeling hopeful. Do you think that's just like no, wishful thinking? I don't. You know what? If it is, let us be wishful. What do you think about when they're at Marlo's event and Marlo is just coming for each single one of them? I fucking love Marlo. I love Marlo. I think she's one of the most entertaining people on television. She's naturally a talent, literally the most deserve and long time coming peach that's ever been given. <laughs> yes. Yes. She deserves that fucking peach. I mean, I know clearly this was dramatized slightly, but it is true that Kenya will take any opportunity to kind of cut Marlo down, even if it's joking, right? Like even if she's doing it with a total comedic flair, I understand the frustration if you're Marlo. My favorite is that the girl shows up with the computer to show the invitation that Marlo like recorded on a laptop to play to each of her guests. And Kenya is like giving notes and feedback to this hired woman who is at her door as though like, she's like, oh, maybe next time, you know, this is a little low budget. Like I would next time maybe do this or do that. Like she could have tried a little harder and the woman just like, okay, like I'm just supposed to stand here and look pretty in my dress and deliver the invitation and go to the next house. Like, I'm not sure what you want me to do about it, but thank you anyway. The woman said verbatim, that's not nice. (laughs) (laughs) I know. No, Kenny can't hold back. I mean, wait, also, I didn't really know. I mean, I don't think that this was a secret or anything. I guess I just wasn't really updated on it where her and Mark stood. Like, I I don't think I realized that at the time this was being filmed, the divorce wasn't final. Well, I did not think that they would go on a family vacation together. Like that feels really like a big step in their co-parenting journey. But then she said that he hasn't seen Brooklyn for a while at the time. So I I don't know where they stand, but God, I fucking hate that douchebag. I'm just glad he's out of the picture. Him and Michael Darby. Yeah, I know that there's a lot more, but I'm saying in recent years, those are like my top two of just please don't enter the screen. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We used to include Shane, Emily's husband, a lot of the time, but like, I kind of liked him this season. Well, it's so different though. It, Obviously. It, was, it wasn't like a, I don't think you're a good guy. It was like, I just, um, <laughs> I just find you to be kind of unappealing. Whereas like, I don't think that Mark or Michael Darby are, are good people. Yeah. I was just like rolling through our list of like the worst douchiest dick house husbands that there are. And like, he just came into my mind of someone who has really risen on the list. I mean, let us not forget the top of the top, Jim motherfucking Bellino. And what's the other guy's name from Jersey? Amber's husband or whoever it was? No, he's like actually not even on the list because he's like scum of the earth. Yeah. Those are, those are some of the top. Oh, Oh, can we talk about Sonia? Because I love her strong beginning for a housewife, I will say. Very strong. And again, like you were saying, she's able to come make her presence known. I still don't feel that it felt rehearsed. At all. Like she knows that she's cool, so fucking accomplished. Her family is cool and interesting. She gelled right in with these women. It was not awkward or didn't feel like I don't know, like they were co-workers at all. Like they felt like they were all lifelong friends and it was incredible. Like I feel like I've been watching her for seasons already. Yeah, it's a good first impression. I mean, you compare this to the way that we felt first episode of Nicole James. No, I mean, it's absolutely night and day, even how I felt with Noello, how I felt with some housewives that have started in the past. It's very clear to me in the beginning whether it's good or not. It's almost like when you go on a first date, like within the first hello and the sit down, you could already tell like if you're going to be into it or not. And that's how I felt. 
I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna say when you're getting a blowout and you can tell just from the second they put the brush to your hair if it's gonna be good or not. Like are you gonna be pulling it tight or am I gonna leave with some frizz? Right. Like and, are you putting like no product in or are you using the big brush or the little brush? Like are you clipping it up? You know, like you could just right. tell immediately and that is exactly same same metaphor, just a little different. Right. Are you taking out the moisture? Or even if you if the same person washing your hair is the person that's drying, like what are your hands like when you're doing the hair wash? Because that is <laughs> very, very telling. Right. And as experienced blowout girls, we just know we could tell. And that's how I felt about housewives. If you're not getting whiplash when you're getting your blowout, run. Right. (laughs) Exactly. I want you to pull the fuck out of my hair. I always say, I always look and I say, I promise you, you will not hurt me. If my neck feels normal when I leave, I know it was a fail. Right. Exactly. Also, I know this is very unimportant in the scheme of things, but just to acknowledge the moment where Drew was talking about the new weight loss program that she's been the face of and the Atlanta editors were just straight savage with the photos they were putting up side by side and then her words versus the words on the screen. Like, let me be abundantly fucking clear. This is not a comment on her weight. I think she looks great regardless, but what she was saying was so clearly not consistent with reality. And you could see that Candy and Sonny like didn't really know how to respond. Candy eating the food from the meal prep kit was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I know. It was almost like you had to respect um, Drew's commitment to the story she was telling. Oh, absolutely. I did respect it. I just thought it was a great start. I was here for every moment of it, and I can't wait for next week. Cannot wait. I'm so excited. I love Atlanta. It also doesn't throw us off right now, scheduling-wise, because, no. I mean, as of now, I guess the episode could still come out on Tuesday or Wednesday. And the best way to end your week, truly. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends. So I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. (music) 
Okay, so the second part of the reunion concludes the season of Orange County, which I can only speak for myself in saying I definitely sighed a sigh of relief. But I don't know. I don't have really much to say. I I guess my point just stands on like, fuck it, maybe I'm wrong. I like Shannon Bedore. And <laughs> that's my that's my truth. Okay, that's a really nice takeaway. Um, I will say I thought we had moments where Noella was the most genuine I've seen her the whole season. And I appreciate that. And I'm almost glad that we ended on that note. I don't know. I feel like it kind of buttoned it up. Like we got through the nitty gritty and here we are and the season's over. I think overall takeaways are that it was better than last season. And the only direction we can keep going is up. You know, we already hit rock bottom last year. So like we only can go up from here and we're getting there slowly and steadily And also looking at this reunion just visually (laughs) compared to last season, you know how I feel. It wasn't in an elementary school stage and it was a real reunion. So that alone just won a lot of points in my book. Yeah, nothing major happened here. I thought it was nice that they ended on a note of giving one another a compliment. And I thought that those compliments were appreciated and well-received. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you and me, I would say our biggest point of disagreement is the Gina thing, because I think that you are still kind of more on her team. And to me, I'm like, I am not buying what you're selling with the Shannon stuff. And I also have to say, I don't know if this is right or not. This is like the only thing that like that I feel is even worth really commenting on here. I don't know if this is right or not. I'm just giving my immediate reaction. Okay. I felt that what Gina was saying about the way John was talking about her with Shannon was slightly unfair because this would have been a very different story if John was saying that to Gina. If he was saying to Gina, fuck you, you know, go fuck yourself. Absolutely not. Full stop. No man, no one should ever talk to anyone like that, but specifically a man to a woman. To me, this was like a private conversation between a girlfriend and boyfriend when he was really just trying to defend her or calm her down when she's having a fight with her friend. I'm not saying it's the best choice of words, obviously, but you've everyone's been talking to their girlfriend or boyfriend and they're, you know, complaining or sad about their friend. And it's like, fuck them. It, what, her reaction, in my opinion, and I understand that she is coming from a traumatic past that is not lost on me. I just don't think it's fair to almost blame Shannon for not defending her in that way when Shannon was coming to John in a moment of vulnerability when she was confiding in him. I don't think the two are the same. I agree. I think he was just trying to match Shannon's upset. So she felt like she had a real partner and that he was hearing her in that moment. And it really had nothing to do with Gina. It was more just to make Shannon feel supported and that he was angry on her behalf. And of course, if he had been saying it to her, completely different story. But I also think it's really hurtful because in real life, you don't hear people's partners speaking poor about you because like they don't do it to your face when on camera they catch things like that and it's like you don't have the issue with him but that is just the reality of how people and couples handle things exactly that's what i'm saying the only reason she even had that argument is because that part was filmed whereas so many couples interact like that again it's it's shitty to hear i'm not downplaying that but i i thought i i honestly felt like it was slightly analogous to the way that she was just handling this entire season of like taking something that wasn't really Shannon's fault, but almost like making it her fault. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll say it again. I said it last week and I will say it one more time. And I'm not saying that people agree with this. Personally, for me, you rebuild that cast around Heather and Shannon and you're in a totally different scenario than you are right now. Yep. You're right. No, you don't have to. You don't think I'm right, which is okay. No, you're right. I just like Gina regardless of all that. Right. Okay. Well, Love you. Anything else you want to mention? I think that's it. Love you more. <laughs> okay. Thanks we for love listening. You guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back for Kardashians. And then we will see you next week. Kravis proposal. I can't wait.